0: means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.
1: Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Um, my guest today is Peter Murray. He's the co-founder of BitVault Phone. And I ran into him because I saw an ad that was really interesting. It talked about the death of the Bitcoin wallet. And, um, you know, went through the ad and listened to an interview with them, and he talked about the BitVault phone. Looks like an up-and-coming, really interesting phone uh, that has blockchain applications. So, Peter, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for the opportunity to talk to you guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. So tell me about uh, the the BitVault phone. How was how it conceived? And then we'll get into the features and everything.
2: Well, you know, um, uh, I've, like I told you before, uh, before the school, um, my brother and I co-founded this um, this, pro- this product. And uh, we actually were sitting in Munich after the Electronica show um, a year and a half ago, thinking about, you know, the whole blockchain world and stuff like this. And I think, you know, we were drinking beers and maybe the alcohol helped. And we came up with the idea of actually building a, uh, what we called at that time, a crypto communicator, a smartphone on the blockchain. So what does that mean at the smartphone on the blockchain? How does the blockchain so, interact? You know, with it? We, yeah, we've, we've looked at the unique features that you could that you could put on a on a communication device, you know, um, and with a blockchain, and also um, you know the, the problems that 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 people have with the normal communication. And um, we've all heard about all you know people um, the messages getting hacked, their phone getting hacked, but also other problems like. Um, when you speak to somebody or get an email from somebody, how do you know that it's from them specifically? And we realized that with uh, blockchain verification and with encryption using the blockchain, a lot of these um, problems could be solved.
1: Okay, so um, what about the phone conversations themselves? Are they encrypted, or you know, what what are some of the interesting features of the phone?
2: Yes. Um, so 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 let me explain to you um, uh, why we've got uh, the phone with basically be um uh I have I have a mode that would be encrypted um or an unencryption encryption mode. So it's a it's a it's a it's just it's a cellular phone. So you could make a normal unencrypted call. But um, if you make an encrypted call, what, what would happen is you would actually um have the uh, you would call the other person on his uh, cryptocurrency um address. So that would be the the let's put it away, the the blockchain phone number if I can put it that way. So you will actually do a cryptocurrency, a small, very small cryptocurrency transaction from your BitVault to the to whoever you're calling a BitVault. And um, <laughs> with the features that we have that I'll explain, um, it will create an, a handshake, encrypted handshake. And um, the phone call itself is, is also um, encrypted again over uh, a private blockchain. So there's an application of a public and a private blockchain at the same time. Wow, well, so... Um... You would have a phone number
1: that's embedded and or uh, yeah anchored into a blockchain, and you would know you'd be able, to, I guess, digitally sign your phone number. So when you call someone, they would know it's you, and vice versa.
2: Public key on the blockchain is basically a phone number. So you, for instance, on your if you go me your Bitcoin wallet address and we use Bitcoin as the currency for the call, that means I would be able to call you, um, you know, on that with that public key. That's pretty cool. And again, it would it would be verifiable because if I've
1: uh, you know called you before, if you've called me because of the blockchain, we know that I'd be calling you and not someone else, right? So
2: that, firstly, I know that I'm definitely calling you. There's no there's no there's no doubt about it. And you also know the that that's is definitely coming from me. And and that is one of the one of the major applications of of this phone. You know, um, and and one of the the biggest selling features. Um, so there's there's two ways that that. We identify you firstly by obviously by your by your public key, but also how the phone works in terms of of startup. So so there's three ways the phone identify you. So um, we use biometrics, we use a fingerprint scanner, a um, an iris scan, and you also get with your BitVault an uh, NFC card with a unique code. And then those yeah. three things get hashed and actually create a private key. So the unique the the most unique feature of this phone is that your your private keys are never stored on the device anyway. It's it's dynamically created. We call it dynamic key key creation. These keys are dynamically created every time you use the product, so nobody else can use huh. your device.
1: So okay, interesting. Wow. So you'd have a different um, public key each time because of the hash of your iris, your fingerprint, and and the NFC card. No, actually, actually,
2: actually you have you have to you'll have to you'll have the same keys every time. So it'll dynamically be created the same you'll have the same um um uh, private key that's created so we've created we've actually created a way of duplicating that um every single time that's part of our i p actually in the phone and um wow. this is a very this is very interesting for instance like um let me give you an example um richard if you um um have to identify yourself to your bank they usually ask you a bunch of security questions right they will ask you your your name, your um, date of birth, your mother's maiden name, the name of your first pet, or whatever list of questions you gave them when you started. The problem is that a lot of these questions can be compromised. The bank then, are basically, they're just covering their, their own risk. They they have, You've signed a contract that if you sign this, if you answer these questions, they can assume it's you. But it might not be, right? right? So what most banks do is they will accept that, verification up to a certain point but you have to have to do a really big transaction you will still have to go into the branch because um or exactly, go to man. the bank and, and they will have to physically verify that it's you if you want to buy a house or something they're not just going to do it over the phone but what what makes the Bitvault unique is and uh is the fact that nobody else can you are the key you are actually the public and private key You you as a person so and it's blockchain verifiable <clears> so Nobody else can come and, and pretend to be you, so the bank actually does not have to ever see you in person again once they've given you the device and you've set it up with them so this is a very attractive feature to any type of, of financial institution that are uh, either um, you know doing transactional business or opening accounts for for clients because they you know um, they can now for the first time one hundred percent be sure if they receive a phone call or a, um email from you that is asked you and nobody else.
1: That's really interesting. I thought um, there would be, I thought about this, you know, using biometrics to uh, create your private key. Um, so there's not, an. Uh, well, I would expect there would be no variability in your iris scan and your fingerprint, but, um, you know, Actually, hashes are so sensitive. How, exactly. how do you make sure that it hashes properly?
2: That, that that is a major that was a major issue and one of the major issues that we have to solve. Um because obviously when you when you when you scan a fingerprint and you scan it again, those two numbers not mathematically be exactly the same. So um we found a way around that and like I said, that's part of your IP in your in your phone. But um and I think that makes it that's what makes it unique, right? So 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 this 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 is why we are so excited about it and we think this is a unique selling opportunity for this
1: yeah that's really really cool um you talked about the calls costing um a bit in bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency how much would the calls cost and for an average user how much would it cost them a month to run the phone versus you know being with a carrier you know verizon or whoever
2: so this this is this is a bit of an issue because we um initially um uh, the the idea of of using the of of charging for the call uh, was never the idea. The, the the only reason why you would do the cryptocurrency transaction was actually to create a unique transaction ID, right? So so the, the the call charges were supposed to be irrelevant. But with so 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 for instance, we would use on a on a Bitcoin call a hundred satoshis or something like this, or the smallest possible transaction you could do. The the problem um, that we that we are facing currently is that the the fees, the, the actual uh transaction fees on on, on 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 a on a Bitcoin transaction is becoming a little bit prohibitive. So we've been looking at um, implementing um uh, different currencies into this. And um, this is a bit of a different discussion, but what we've actually done is we've actually um created our own um currency that we're gonna use forward. So um what we've done is we've created the clone of, of the Bitcoin blockchain, um created more more um uh, uh coins and uh, it's called um, the encryption of things, and we're actually going to use um, this currency in the BitVault and um, other encryption products, so that um, you know the cost really comes down to almost nothing. So, uh, how will
1: people pay for the phone? Do they pay just um, for the phone itself, and then a monthly service to you guys, and it's unlimited no, calls the, the, or the, how does the, it work?
2: Yeah, the people people will buy the phone as a like, like you know like a, like you buy a, like you buy any phone, so you'll pay for the phone in full and then you could add any sim card to that um we haven't really um negotiated any deals with with uh, mobile providers um as yet but um the phone would work with any any mobile phone with any sim card in in either europe or um um the U.S. it's certified everywhere so 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 that that wouldn't be an issue um and um so it will be the cost of the actual uh 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 cellular uh, what do you call it the sim card you know to to have that the the charge uh, but there's no real there's no other charge from us except a very small cryptocurrency transaction to make an encrypted call also you could use the phone if you really wanted to over a wi fi connection you don't need the SIM card hmm. okay um obviously you need obviously you need the you need some kind of internet connection right
1: right yeah well now that there's Wi-Fi in a lot of places i guess you could uh, you could hop onto there if you really needed to you know or you could use cell towers but um Okay, so yes, but, but, mm-hmm. um, what about the conversations themselves? Are they recorded? Is that an option? You know, where does the conversation data go, or is it just so that, the, is it the, not
2: con- kept? the conversation? Yes, the conversation data are not kept. So, so, so the conversations and the, the the messages work on the same principle. So, so what we've done is is because we want a verification system, we we actually have to implement a private blockchain to to actually move the conversations. All the messages across. So we came up... So one of, the, one, of the, one of the things about a blockchain, of course, is that a blockchain is immutable. So you can't really delete information from a blockchain. Otherwise, it's not really a blockchain. So what we came up with a different solution is after every call or after every message, we actually delete the, the whole blockchain in its entirety. So it yeah. doesn't exist anymore. So every time you actually create a, a, a new message or a new call, a new blockchain is created.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Um,
2: what about uh, messages? So
1: is it so is it every time you you end a call, uh, the call information is automatically deleted, or every time you send a message, or is it just when you so, turn the oh, phone um, off? You know, how does
2: that work? No, on calls, all the all the data is automatically deleted. And there's no record of the call or the or the the, the actual call even taking place. With messaging is a little bit different uh, when you send the message you can you can the, the the receiver can save the message on his BitVault vault because you might send something that the guy might want to save so you can send him anything that was created on the on the bit vault so say a photo or whatever was created on the BitVault, vault you can send to another BitVault or and obviously a text message like an email or whatever and the guy you as a sender then has have a choice whether you want to keep the message or not. And the receiver has that same choice. But if you decide to delete it, it's also the same thing happens. It it's deleted forever. But the the, the receiver can save the message on his on his device. That will be the only place that it's saved. The 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 hmm. the transmission of that message is completely deleted. It never it, it, as if it's never existed. That's great. Wow. You, you talked about
1: the you know the creation of um, essentially a private key from your iris, your fingerprint, and the NFC card. What about if you have um, wallets on your phone. Let's say I have like uh you know wallets with a few different companies. Can I use yes. that um those entry items, the iris, the the fingerprint and everything to as my private keys so I don't have to worry about managing my private keys for other services.
2: Yes. Yes that okay Paul but let me explain to maybe I should give you a little bit more background to explain that. First sure. thing the phone will come with a few native applications on it. So so you will get on the on the Bit vault a Bitcoin wallet a Bitcoin Cash wallet, a Ethereum wallet, and a um, EOT wallet, which is our, our own uh, currency wallet that we're going to use in the BitVault. So those wallets are native applications, and all those keys are automatically created as, you know, with the same system. But we're also in the BitVault, because it's a closed um, communication system, we've developed our own apps application store. So outside developers could actually come, develop apps that would be using the same dynamic key creation. Um, um, on the app store, so, so they could create another Ethereum wallet or a wallet for another con- currency or any other application that might need a um, uh, private public key verification, and they would be able to actually, with the the developer kit, actually access um, um, the key creation system and, and and duplicate it on their app. What about existing
1: uh, wallets, you know, jacks or some of the popular ones um, that so you know can, lot- can take multi
2: coins? So- again those those uh, that could that could be developed for the BitVault, vault but they wouldn't be able you wouldn't be able to to so 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 we don't we' not we we're not gonna allow any android or any i o s apps uh, as is on the on the app store because we want to create a a closed environment where no outside uh, malware or anything can come onto the BitVault, vault right so 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 um, those apps would have to be modified to actually work on the virtual. And there is a developer toolkit to, to you know, to assist developers to do that.
1: Well, I think I understand why, you know, if, if something's on an app store, it's supposedly vetted, you know, Android or iPhone. But, you know, you never know behind the scenes, there could be pressure by governments or the large companies to create back doors into the apps. So I guess by requiring them to use your developer kit, you would be able to to know that there's no uh, no funny business going on.
2: That's it. Uh, that, that's exactly the reason why we want to keep the, uh, um, um, the that whole communication environment clear of any of that intrusions. I mean, we want to build a real secure, um, a basically, communication network because we can also then sell it to companies, or organizations that might want to modify this to host their own network, right? So, for instance, um, an organization like a country's military. Would probably use their own communication network, so they could actually uh, order a BitVault for, from us, and we would actually be able to modify the, the the phone so that they could use it on their network without any outside um and traffic coming in. Uh, on on the on the BitVault that the public will be using. Um, we will also we also have a secure browsing um, um, application which um, has blockchain verification of every website that the block that the BitVault will access. And uh, there's lots of stringent rules on how that access will take place and what can be, you know, what can be sent to the internet. And, and mostly, almost nothing can be received from the internet that that is not really very stringently vetted.
1: Well, the only issue I see is, you know, normal Android and iPhones, they have so many apps in them. There's a whole ecosystem. Why couldn't you mm-hmm. have your phone that creates like a sandbox environment or an isolated environment so that... Android or iPhone apps could run and browsers and all that, but it wouldn't affect the other parts of the phone that you want to keep, you know, to your own in your own. system.
2: unfortunately, that sandbox system is never secure, right? Um, there's always a way for malware to slip through. So, so, so we we really want to build, if I can put use use the pun, the um, Rolls Royce of security, you know. So, so, so we don't want to um, even allow those apps or any outside traffic if we can avoid it. On the BitVault, let me explain to you. For instance, how we would send a document from 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 say you want to you want to send a document from your uh, a, a word document from one user to another, and that document right. is not created on the BitVault. So what would happen then is we would we actually would not send that document through the BitVault. So what we do, what we would do is we've got a separate application that you would have to download on your on your PC or your computer, and so would the receiver. Right. So you could send an email. If you sent me an email with a document attachment, the the actual email will come from Bitvault to Bitvault, but the actual document would travel from your PC over a over a private blockchain until and 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 then download it um, um, on your PC on your site. So that that document, because that document might have malware on it, so it'll actually never yeah. go through the Bitvault communication system. So we've actually, for document transfer specifically, built a we actually rerouted those documents outside of our communication system so that we can never get, a mail, can get malware on the BitVault. So you can use your phone to send an attachment, but you need an application almost like you have iTunes with Apple. You need you right. need something similar that your BitVault will communicate to. Your BitVault will create a key that you would send to the, to the guy on the other side, and that document would be encrypted as well. The problem yeah. is there's no point in just encrypting a document because you might encrypt malware, right? So just sending an encrypted document doesn't really solve the problem. So we actually keep the document completely off the, the BitVault. Could you could you
1: send it send a document and view it on a BitVault phone, or you'd have to view it on another device?
2: You have to view it on another device, except if it's a docu if the application is on the BitVault itself. So for instance, if if you took a picture, you could send it to another BitVault because that's something that's created on the BitVault from the camera. Or if you if you create a text um, app. Or I I, I say you create a word app in the vault and you send the word document to another vault who has the same app that would work. But anything outside that's created on a on a computer or whatever cannot be uploaded to the vault and sent to another one. That has to be sent through a different system.
1: So how do you think consumers are gonna? You know, it, it seems a bit difficult because you know I have my Android phone. I like it. Got a lot of great features. I like you know. But so the, the vault has a lot of great features too. So would I have to have two phones because I can't. Get a lot of the apps I want on BitVault, or how would you reconcile this? Yeah,
2: I, I think this is. Firstly, this is not a, a entirely a, in its entirety a consumer device, right? It's in, it's a it's a device to be used for secure banking applications, so to keep your bitcoins and your and your cryptocurrencies safe. It's also a device that um, I mean, there's no point in you buying a BitVault anyway, because who are you going to phone? you need some you need another guy with, you need to buy two right otherwise you can't phone anybody so so because you can't you can't make an encrypted call to an outside phone you can only make the encrypted call to another bit vault
1: oh. so ultimately
2: the customers yeah, this is the this is the whole thing this is a closed environment so the customers that we are talking to are people uh, it's more of a of a, of a of a company to company or a business application so you will get private people that might buy it to talk to their friends, and you'll have some some a lot we have some uptake in the crypto community where people are buying it as a as a secure uh uh wallet for the cryptocurrency and 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 for and you know they would have friends that would also have one and things like that but ultimately where there's a big application for instance, a private bank that wants to con- uh that one uh, that are buying it with individuals that are sending in um secure messages or for transactions. This would be a perfect application for, for that type of of, of of device. So it wouldn't be your normal phone that you just use for, you know, you wouldn't be surfing Facebook with your BitVault, if I could put it that way. So how come um, even just phone calls, why couldn't a BitVault phone
1: talk to a regular phone? would
2: You could make a regular call, yes. If you have a, a SIM card, you can make a regular call, but you would not be able to make an encrypted call.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I gotcha. That, oh, that makes sense. So it, so you can co- use it as a regular phone, a bit a BitVault, which is good. Okay. Yes. You can so receive calls, you can, send calls, call, you you could can make, make
2: a, Well, you could make a call and you could send a text message and that would be it. All the other apps would not work to a regular phone. What about pictures? Sending pictures? You could send a picture via text messages or via um, MMS. And what about receiving pictures? Could you or BitVault would stop it? Yes. no, you could receive a picture from 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 another phone. So so, now, so as long as it's sent via M- MMS, yes. But you wouldn't be able to um you would, you wouldn't be able to receive a picture from an app on a normal phone. Oh huh.
1: yes, yeah, it's, it's it's just interesting what you guys can control and you know bring into the environment that's safe and what's not. And I guess your your job would be to try to bring in as much as you could to make it as useful as possible, but uh, keep your security.
2: Well, I think this is the this is a trade-off, right? So if you look at at the current current mobile providers, that's the trade-off between customer satisfaction and security. And in in because they're selling millions of phones, they actually go to the, you know, the competition is about customer satisfaction and to the detriment of security. We are actually focused on on security to the detriment of customer satisfaction. That we believe there's a market for it, especially where you have a, uh, uh you know where you have commercial applications and stuff like this, I can see a company that wants the executive to have a secure way of communicating, sending private documents, all of that stuff. they would have the the bit as a as a phone or an organization that needs to have secrecy in their communication that, that's 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 those are the types of customers that would use this or like i said a a good good a, a thing would be a i i a stockbroker, uh, like a, like a, uh, you know, a broker on a on a on a stock exchange, and um, that wants to uh, communicate, wants to accept trades from its clients. They want to make sure that that trade comes from that client A private bank wanting to talk to their private banking customers, without, you know, some of these some private banks now, especially offshore banks, they've got customers all over the world. Sometimes those transactions take place via phone calls, you know, and they don't. Hmm. About by calling them are oh, really their customer or not or emails. And this happens all the time. And um uh you know so 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 there's a huge market for for that and, and also there's there's other applications that, that this could be very useful. In, for instance, I'll give you another scenario where you are um when when you go on holiday and you book a guest house or hotel or whatever, especially if it's in a small yeah. town you basically have to give your credit card details to the to to some guy over the phone. Try to reserve the the room or whatever. So either you put it in Expedia or whatever, or you phone the place, place in a small town, and you and you send them an email. And some person there has now has your credit card details lying around there on the email. This is a big headache for the banks, one of the biggest headaches. So so what you could do on the Bit Vault, and, and we haven't done it yet, but you could actually create an app that would actually just send the hash to the to the guest house or the hotel. The, the bank would have a key, so they could read the transaction, and your key would actually then um, send the, the 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 confirmation that the transaction takes place, right? So mm-hmm. so so now you don't have to send your credit card details lying like, right? around. You just send the hash to the hotel, and that hash can only be used for that specific stay and never be used again. Mm-hmm.
1: That's great. Well wow.
2: Yeah, it seems like the holy grail is if you could integrate this with
1: current technology. As much as possible, but um, you know, I'm not sure if that's where you guys are going with it. So, what, what is on your roadmap for the next six months and year? When will the phone be? Is it publicly available now? And what 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 are you guys coming out with over the next year?
2: So, so we've we've actually um, um, demonstrated the phone at FinTech Week in London um, on the 7th to the 14th of of, of July this year, and um, we've so we've got prototypes made and we're testing at the moment, and we're having our first production run. In um, uh, November, so that's when we start shipping. So we're already taking pre-orders on phones, um, and so we are selling phones to the public. And we are also developing specific. Um, we already have some corporate customers that we are um, um, developing specific devices for, and that's that's really our our big market is 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 you know is is uh, businesses. And also, um, but our main issue is to develop to develop an app store and to get other people in. To think about the technology that we have here how they can build apps and stuff around it that would make this very very interesting so so we um, our main issue after our first production run in november is going to be actually to build um, our um, developer community so that we can you know get some creative juices in there to to build some more apps because we think there's you know uh, there's a lot of blockchain applications where this can be used i mean i'm thinking all kinds of insurance, trade finance, um, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, um, um, the BitVault itself is also can very easily be tailored as a, um, a, a merchant um, device where you can actually pay um, and the merchant can just accept cryptocurrency payment with their BitVault. And um, so so we would actually create different size, very easy for us to create a different size, like a tablet size or or something like this. It wouldn't be difficult to do because the technology is the same, you know, it's just the screen that differs and the, the size of it, you know, the, the so so it's not that difficult to do that. So 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 there's a, okay. quite a few interesting things in the pipeline, yes.
1: All right, I, I just got a couple of last questions. One, what happens if you get contacted by some government and they say, hey, you're going to put a back door in for us or we're going to, you know, we're going to get rid of you? Do you think that you're going to have, have that come up or you'll be able to resist the pressure?
2: Well, I think we will we will definitely resist it as as far as uh, you know uh, humanly possible. Um uh, We we we're not planning to 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 to, uh, to open anything up to to anybody. And um like I said, I I don't foresee that as a, as 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 the biggest as as the biggest threat. You know the the the, the problem, as you know, with all technology, all new technology is that um wasteful. It's also useful, and and especially technologies that is encrypted or secretive. Are also useful to a criminal element, but mm. you know that that's always so. Always the 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 the, the, the conundrum of technology. I always say the the, the 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 most important technology in a in a bank robbery is the getaway car. But you can't ban cars or make them slower. of yeah. that. So 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 I understand that governments are concerned about encryption whatever. But governments might also be our biggest customers. Actually, you know, I don't think we're not planning this as, as um, secretive, disruptive. Device for people to hide from the government. We actually, you know, want this to become a mainstream product, you know, and 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 I think governments will be some of our biggest customers. And um, in terms of building backdoors and stuff, no, we're not in in that game. That that's not, uh, you know, for me personally, that that would be, you know, that would be killing our technology. Okay, yeah, makes makes sense. So how can
1: people um get on the uh the list to request a, a Bitvault phone to buy one you know to receive in November and to find more about what you guys are doing.
2: So they can go to our website um uh, either bitvault.me or um, SwissBankInYourPocket.com, swiss um bitvault and um all the information is on there and um they could uh, you know just order one pre-order one so that that would be um the the best way to do it at the moment and um yeah okay well very good peter thank you so much for coming
1: on the podcast and i i think the BitVault vault sounds really cool an amazing piece of technology and uh you yeah, know i'd like to pick one up soon so thanks for coming on the podcast
2: richard thanks so much for for having for having me and if there's any other questions you know people can just i, I suppose fire it off somewhere or leave a comment or whatever we actually try to answer as many as we can and um but thank you, thank you very, very much for giving us the opportunity to speak about your products. And uh, we know we appreciate it and what you guys are doing as well. The Bitcoin,
0: Ethereum and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17 and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders developers, and founders then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to bitcoinsuperconference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's bitcoinsuperconference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast
1: with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain,
0: virtual reality, and more.